0: Hi and welcome to the 146th edition of The Keen Minds Podcast. We cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is season 9, episode 22, Marvin Gerard Conclusion Part 2. I'm Jen aka Takata Cycle and I am Tessa. And how did you like the episode? I was highly disappointed and let down. Okay. I will I will, I will say The highlight for the episode for me, for me personally, was that uh, Agnes had that photo of Liz and Tom in her her suitcase in the flashback. We got flashback Agnes and we got to see not only because she really never knew Tom. She was what, like a year and a half when Tom Mm -hmm. died. Like she doesn't remember him. Mm. And so the fact that she had a picture of both of her parents made my heart happy. And that picture so. has
1: been in their in the set of the King's apartments ever for as long as I remember. It hasn't. It was also in the
0: um oh what do they call it? The the book that came out with all the yes. extra stuff.
1: Yeah. it's actually the first the time I've Elizabeth I King, it. Elizabeth mm-hmm. King dossier. That's yeah. it. Well, I I I found myself underwhelmed
0: of the episode. That's, That's a, a, a way that's an excellent way of putting it. Yes, okay. underwhelmed is a fantastic. Okay. Term.
1: It's, it it right. wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't terrible by any means. I just found it underwhelming for a for a season finale. I, I found it like perfectly adequate for a. You know, we're just wrapping up a little bit of an arc in the in between, and that's it. I yes and no for me. I mean, like.
0: I had a lot of issues with Marvin and we can get into that later, but like with, with the path they took Marvin on in the end, because mm-hmm. like, like you and I've been saying, I don't necessarily have a problem with Marvin being the big bad. I think there was plenty of groundwork set for that. I just think they took, I was not crazy about the direction they took with it. Yeah. And the so, motivations for- Yeah, that that's really the core of it is the motivation for me. Yeah. And it was very wonky. We, we can
1: get into that after yeah. we talk about the episode. We talk about itself. the arc of, of Gerard. Yeah. And I, I found myself um on this episode um remembering this this episode was written by Lucas Ryder, which is I think the episode the writer that has more episodes. Under his belt than any other writer on the Blacklist. He has 43 of them. Wow. I didn't know it was that many,
0: but I, I'm also yeah. not surprised by that. Not, I mean, not we, necessarily solo, but I, but we've seen him a lot this season, too, because we talked about and we we have him kind of on our heavy hitter list of, mm-hmm. of yeah. writers that we can trust. And so I think that was another reason that it, it felt underwhelming to me to feel you, you your expect. phrase. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a higher expectation for that, and yeah. It, it, yeah, like the design of the episode would have been better mid season or mm-hmm. so versus a season finale and the the death of a character that I, I don't. I mean, I I don't have the statistics in front of me on if he was a quote unquote fan favorite, but I think Marvin was pretty well liked across the board.
1: Yeah, well, I I got the number of episodes that that. Um, he was in 15 episodes. Marvin. It felt like more. It really felt
0: like more. But in it, a good
1: it, way. Yeah, they span be- between 2015 and 2022 with a three-year hiatus that he was supposedly in jail. But even when he was in jail, he was seen when Gail and Wrestler went to see him. And he just wanted to talk with, with wrestler. And he said, well, if you don't get me out, I will tell them what I know about you. Well, it was
0: such a phenomenal moment there. He was, he was smart. He was quick. It just, and and I think that's one of the things that I have such an issue with is that I, (laughs) it's funny. Um, I, I had a character once that, that he was, very high IQ. And someone gave me notes on it and said, You're telling me he's high IQ. You're not showing it. And I feel like they've done a really good job of showing it with Marvin
1: up until this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll talk about the episode uh, later. One of the things that I found really liking in this episode is that scene with wrestler in the airplane. Oh, that was phenomenal. I, all I could think of in that moment was,
0: well, buddy, you've done screwed up because, <laughs> one, like, you you were, I mean, to be fair, like, where was he going to go unless he had an exit? You would think there would have been
1: an exit maybe down to the... Uh, well, you never know, but I... F- what I found was fascinating, and I'm and I'm interested in hearing your opinion because I'm not I haven't seen it uh, discussed uh, at, at all in Reddit, which is the span of wrestler's actions from the first time we see him when in the pilot. And even further back when we reach into, back into his own mythology and in the Brothers, and we found how he came to be the wrestler that we met um, with Audrey and all that. The change in his character from the hothead, you know, um, hating Liz, uh, going through all this like by the book and the rubber banding. That he did in the first few episodes, too. That scene when Marvin comes out and finds wrestler in a very red position. He was. Gone. Yeah. With a gun in his lap. And it's like, and he well, was like totally cool. Like, I, I, know, I would man. say, I would go as far to say in a
0: very criminal type position because Red, we've seen it multiple times, but we saw Tom in that same position several yeah. And this? I think it, once or twice. But I mean, it was, it's a very anyway. criminal type position of I now have the upper hand. And it was it was beautiful there. And I, I think that it was a good step forward in Bressler's development, his character yeah. development, because I, I'm hesitant to call Bress selfish because I don't think that's the right word. But he has been very hyper-focused on other things overall. And um, so he he tends to focus on his own pain when he's in pain. Mm -hmm. He tends to focus on what he thinks the world expects out of him. And so that's why I've said I'm I'm hesitant to call it selfishness because I don't think that quite fits. But he is he's a very narrow focus kind of human being. Mm -hmm. And he hyper focuses on that, which we have a history of that in the characters here. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, and I loved that scene. I love the scene in the plane with him with the gun. But I I especially love the scene of him in the car with Marvin. And and him essentially saying, I would have killed you. I I would have no problem throwing my life away for that to avenge Liz. But it would take Cooper down too. And I can't do that. And I, I think that was
1: exceptional for him. It it was I what and I love that the part. I almost destroyed my career a thousand times in this job. I figure I'd finally do it when I came face to face with whoever really killed Elizabeth Keane. And and that is such a change for wrestler. And it it was a it was a really well-acted scene. Kudos to Diego for that. Because the whole scene, waiting for him on the plane, talking with with Marvin on the car, was was exactly the kind of of thing where you go totally in the gray, and you're so much um, such a much better cop by doing so, especially in that kind of job. Not every cop, but in that kind of job, when they're catching criminals that don't think by the book that that was like it just like by being on the red school of catching criminals he he lost his innocence he lost audrey he lost liz he went into uh, drug addiction a couple of times uh he confronted the ghosts of his past in in what happened to to um to the guy who killed the the father. But at the end, what came out of that was a deeply damaged individual who's now much better at catching criminals.
0: Yeah. And I think much more and again, I don't want to sound like Wrestler was ever necessarily disloyal to his team. Cause I that, that's not really what I'm trying to get at. I think that his loyalties are more absolute now to his team. The, the idea of, well, this may not be the morally right thing to do. This may not be what society expects of me. So sorry, guys, you know, let's take, yeah, you know, I'm taking this route because I'm taking, mm. you know, I, I'm in the middle of my rubber banding mode, mm. you know, that's, that's put aside. and the need for his own emotional fulfillment of revenge for Liz is put aside Mm -hmm. and he is making that decision not based on anything having to do with himself necessarily it's based on what it would do to Cooper if he Mm -hmm. did that and I think that that is a fantastic term for wrestler
1: yeah the the other um Cooper have also some very nice moments when when he's actually there. Everybody is kind of playing red, uh, as, playing at being red, playing at, at undermining red, at going and saying one thing, doing another, and, and there's been a theme going on, like ram out red, red, and then everybody has been kind of doing it, and even Dembe had some moments in in this few episodes in which he has been walking a very tight uh, rope as to you know whether he's really betraying red or not but everybody is everybody has begun looking out for something else and just the rules and just the objective now the they have finally learned what red said in the first few episodes which was in this play, there's no sides, there's only players. Yeah.
0: Um... Oh, Red. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have, I have in my notes, because um, you, you know I have not been thrilled with the path Red has taken with the way he reacted to Cooper. That I, again, in the same vein of me saying, liz and tom were adults you can't act you can't expect them to act like children going yes sir i will i will buy or employees by saying Mm -hmm. yes sir you know he he expected them to act like either his children or his employees and abide by his mandates without any question and he's he has that same reaction with everybody and to a degree that's that's the world he works in yeah i mean like and that created the marvin problem. It did, and there was that line in there. He said, "You made." Uh, was, Red was talking to Cooper, and he said, "You made your bed with every crime you committed, every moment you didn't come to me." And again, it just it felt like this. You, you we we talked about in season five that he had he didn't seem to have any empathy for Liz in losing Tom. That there was just zero empathy at all for, her. and that very much feels, I mean, it's a different scenario entirely, but it feels like the same lack of empathy that he has for Cooper. You should have just done what I told you to without question. While Cooper is faced with, now could Red have pulled it off? Maybe, you know, it's Red, so probably, but Cooper was faced with a promise he made to Agnes. He made that promise to a to a little girl that had just lost her mother after losing her father a couple of years prior and who was looking at a world with nobody in it. And Cooper said, I hope someday you trust me. I hope you feel that wild horses thing they went to. It was a little weird, but you know, it's, he said, I hope you feel that way about Charlene and I someday. And making that promise, it's, I remember when years ago, I was working with a group of, of foster kids and when we were going through training, you know, to work with these kids, one of the big things that they pushed was never make a promise to them that you can't keep because these kids are going to remember. And, and that's in general, that's children, but like kids that have lost that much, like yeah. you're gonna, they've got a really short span for for trust if they have it at all. And so I understand Cooper wanting to do everything within his power to to make sure he was there for Agnes. That tracks for me. Even even if it doesn't track for Red. And it just in my opinion, it may, it made Red come off sounding like a complete dick. I mean just I, I had a lot of trouble with him this season, in in the same way I had trouble with him in season five. Just no no sympathy, no empathy, nothing. Just ab- well, abide by my mandates.
1: I think that ben, I mean Red was was never a real fan of Tom. One and B, he had had ten months like everybody else to deal with that, and Liz didn't. So that. I mean, not that it made him not should, he should have been able to see what she was going through, but didn't. Um, It it was a change in red. um, And I think, I think I. Well, I'm not trying
0: to rehash the, the, Liz, Tom, and Red thing. I'm really just using that as sort of a launching pad. I'm going
1: going there in a very roundabout way. Um, Red, Red seemed to have, when he started calling her Elizabeth, he was trying to get her to treat her as an adult. It didn't always work very well. In fact, sometimes it worked really badly. But I think, in a way, when he started doing that, he started having a more competitive side. You know, there were it wasn't so much as he giving her an education as it was more or less what he was doing or keeping her safe. But he started treating her more a kind of like an like an equal. And I think in that. And he was also, in in that he lost a little bit of that compassion. And then all throughout that, he was dealing with the bones in in season five. He got rid of the, the bones. He found the bones. It was, the bones became his hyper focus. And the rest of it became secondary. So we saw we saw Red do something that very much Tom and Liz have done, which is that hyper focus on just one thing. And I think the combination of it was, was really not good. Um and, and I don't think that he was very aware or very and, and I agree, I mean, that was really his his lowest moment when it comes to Liz's relationship was that that not realizing where she was. And again, it was all about the bones. Um, it's like, instead of worrying about Liz, what was happening to her right now, he was worrying what would happen to her if he should, got the bones. And anything else went through out the window. So it, I, I do agree with you. Um, do you have anything on Panabaker? It's always a treat to see Cynthia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: (laughs) I always love her. Um, it was not surprising. I don't think that she was ready to take the deal. I thought it was really funny at the end, you know, as funny as it could be in that Mm. moment that she walks into Cooper's home and is like, of course you're here, <laughs> to mm. Red. Like, I don't think she ever really intended. Like, she was delivering the message to Cooper, you're supposed to arrest him. Mm. Did she expect him to? Probably not. I mean, she's not a dumb woman. It's, I...
1: She's I think a politician. She, she, she very much Whatever
0: is. she has. Very, very much a politician, yes. I mean she both is one and that's also the perfect way to describe her I, I i do i am fond of her i'm probably more fond of her than i am factual politicians
1: <laughs> but and finally we have we have to talk about dembe before we talk about the two departures because dembe is being walking that line of about um, betraying re- Red, but really not. This one was almost spying on Red. How do you feel about that? So I think he
0: is in a difficult position right now. I think that he and Red were already butting heads over Dimbe's faith, which means a lot more to Dimbe than it does to Red. I don't think Red has anything. I mean, it, we clearly see he has a respect for it in some form or fashion in season one when he thought dembe was about to die and he was praying with him in farsi Mm. arabic 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 um the fact that he was praying with him i in what i would assume is islamic prayer i mean so while red has straight up said that he he's not religious that he he would have to believe in something greater than himself and he doesn't the fact that he goes as far as to know a prayer in Dimbe's faith and to pray that with him in those final moments, that that's intense mm-hmm. like that that's a lot and that that shows a tremendous amount of respect for that faith in my opinion but when push came to shove and Dimbe's faith started causing waves for red in his business and started creating a turmoil within Dembe that he wasn't sure how to go about mm-hmm. dealing with certain situations. That's when it became less interesting to Red. And so it's, I, I think it has to do with how much he actually has to deal with it. Like if it's yours, well, but that's
1: when, when, when Blonde Cat abducted the imam and before when, um when Dembe was having issues because uh, when Liz their relationship with Liz was broken uh, he was having yeah. issues that he was killing and so but I don't see my, that my, I, my point I never being, saw that
0: my point being that they were already having trouble before that and then you have Liz's death and Red just ghosts he walks off and keeps walking and Dimbe and Marvin are left I mean, obviously, Dembe didn't know more of his hand in it, but they're left to try to pick up the pieces. And Dembe had that horrific situation with the child and it scarred him and he went on his path to join the FBI. And we, we got that whole story, which, you know, it's mm-hmm. you have to suspend some disbelief there that the FBI would let him in. But, you know, I, I kind of liked that story that he was taking that path.
1: And What's the question? <laughs> the change in rare in Dembe. They have been a. They have been a fracturing. Yeah, in there. it's it's been a journey. It yeah. really. But has... I don't say that it's about the faith. I would say no. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that that was kind of a. Well, I, I went off a, on a rabbit trail. You're a person of faith, so that That's appeals true. to you. To me, it means virtually nothing. But it meant to me that. Dembe has been struggling with Red and ever since.
0: And struggling with the path that Red is taking as well, because I think that I think that when he's I mean, obviously, Red saved him, all of that. But I think Dembe has chosen to stay with all of this as long as he has, because he believed in the end goal. And the one that Marvin, by the way, during this stated that he knew as well, or at least knew pieces of.
1: Yeah and we'll talk about that. Uh don't, don't don't forget that because that's really important. It was. I really think it was. But but Dembe Dembe I think that the, the problem with with Dembe began actually the first time that I observed that was in season 2. When when he told Red that he should have told her about Tom and he said i don't know how to do that he said well you you tell her about tom by telling her everything and he has been on that you should tell her you should tell her and and red has not paid any attention um dom was of the same the same idea and naomi was So was sam had this, yes and sam and naomi were all telling her you got to tell her so for all, for Dembe, I think that the problem became that Red was lying to Liz, as he saw in five o eight, lying to Liz for a reason that Red, that Dembe didn't even know, and Red couldn't yes. even explain. And that's the point, the inflection point of Dembe's change with Red. I see it in first. He gives, he sends Liz to that apartment. That gives her the first answer. Then he tries to tell her, tell her, tell her. He doesn't send her to the apartment. He sees what Liz Liz is doing with all this, tells Red, like, you're still lying to both Liz and Tom. And he says, you know, you're not asking my opinion about. About this over and over he has gone over tell Liz everything and I think at, at some point Dembe gave her the letter and it was his final act of I am this is the point where my loyalty to you and what I feel is right has come to to a head Red didn't see it then, but for Dembe, that's what happened. Um, And Dembe was being pulled in every direction by Red, by Liz, by Isabella. But what happened to Isabella with all this Red's enemies? And I think that that it's been an interesting choice because when Dembe said that he was the only person that would not betray Red, I know that he will. Because at one point, is going to come between well, Agnes and Red. He, he's already
0: balanced on that line. And because he, he, he told Cooper that he could not give him the information. And Cooper said, you're an FBI agent. You better give me the information. And instead of giving him the direct information, he gave him a way to find it. Mm-hmm. So it was a very red sort of tactic yes. of... Yeah, red, red. Sidestepping. And I loved it. I mean, I, I really appreciated that because he he didn't mar his own moral path. Mm-hmm. But he he found a compromise yes. that allowed him to be. They're techni- all becoming red. Well, technically faithful to both parties that were yes. at odds. I yeah. mean, like by the technicality of it. Yeah. He was red speak. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I appreciated that yeah. tremendously, but I'm with you. I do think that he will eventually have to pick a side. And if Brett continues down this path, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, he's still barreling full, you know, full speed ahead on this. I I don't see him being able morally, psychologically, anything, because I mean, Brett abandoned him. And you have to imagine Dimbe has some deep seated abandonment issues like the rest of the crowd here. You know, it's he, I think he found another family with the task force. He found purpose with the task force. And now Reds just popped back into his life. And while that is a deep emotional connection there, you can't just pop in and out of someone's life and demand their loyalty when you abandon them like that. It's not emotionally healthy. It, it
1: ends up with emotional whiplash,
0: yeah.
1: and loyalty whiplash. Yeah. Plus, this is an issue that's been going on since 2014. That the when Red, when Denver started in 2015 when Dembe starts saying, you should tell her about Tom. You should tell her about everything. Uh, Elizabeth will not be ready to learn what you did to to Katerina. There's always been this thing about you should tell Elizabeth, and Red doesn't listen. He hasn't listened to, to Dembe. He hasn't listened to Sam or to Dom or to Carla, and the, and the result is Liz is dead. You know, when I was growing up,
0: one of the regular statements I heard from, from my father was that if everybody is telling you you're wrong, it doesn't mean that you are, but it does mean you need to take a second for some self-reflection because there's a reason everybody is telling you you're wrong. Like mm-hmm. something's, something's up there. You may not be, but at least take a moment to think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and red's just
1: full force ahead. If- Chances are, if everybody's telling you something, you you know, that might be the truth. Not mm-hmm. as, uh, your father said, not necessarily. But Red ignored that. And the funny thing is, when you go back and ask the question why, he never had an answer. I don't know. I don't think I can do that, which means I think there was a bit of shame. I think there was a bit of fear. There was fear of rejection. There was fear of... From maybe telling her who he is because he was scared of her jumping like, oh, if my parents are both criminals, then I'll go be a criminal. And maybe that's a reason he was like pushing for her to become an FBI agent, trying to tame or not tame, but direct um, her, her indecency, yeah, yeah, into something where those those inclinations would be put to a good use. but it, it's an interesting, it, as an as a, as a where we are is an interesting. Um, I, I'm
0: with you, though. I do think eventually Dembe will have to choose a side and that he will he will end up standing against Red. I, I'm not as worried about his physical safety in this exact moment as I was <laughs> in the last episode. I was very, very nervous before the finale that we're going to lose Dembe. Um, so I'm glad for that, but I do think I, I, that does not mean I think he has a
1: easy path ahead. I don't think so either. I don't think so. It, it's um, it's where he's going, and he's with with what everybody has gone. And and for those of us who think Katerina's still out there, I think that maybe the reason why she hasn't come back it's uh, because if she knows red. Then she knows very well what's going on, and that this is a very stubborn person. So I, I think, I don't have anything else on the episode itself. Do you? Oh, oh wait. Where are we? The cemetery scene. Hello.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Ah, oh, the cemetery scene with all the people leaving.
1: <laughs> Were uh, you upset at the way this was like sprung, like?
0: I know. I, I felt like, especially the way we started the season with everyone having been scattered and then coming back, it feels like part of it's like, all right, I get Aram was under a lot of pressure. I fully, I had not, cause I don't read any of the spoilers anymore. Yeah. And so I, I really expected him to go. Yeah, that was a lot. Mr. Cooper, it's your show now. And and to step back the same way that wrestler did previously. That's what I expected from it, and apparently Amir really is leaving, and mm-hmm. he's going to Broadway from what I hear. So I am very happy for Amir. I am Please, very kite runner. Oh okay, um, but I am very sad for a rom because I think a rom brings. A lot to the show and in a show that's already getting pretty thin, I think losing him is going to be a real
1: blow. Very, very. I mean, I'm glad that none of the of the neither um, Laura nor Amir actually are leaving, you know, permanently. They just leaving a series regular, which is exactly the same case that
0: it is. Laura officially leaving.
1: Is Laura officially yes. leaving? Yes, okay. she's she's officially leaving. As I, as soon I'm as also regular.
0: I'm also really bummed that we didn't find out that her husband had some sort of sketchy past. Like I was well, the way that they were paralleling them with Tom and Liz, I was just I was ready to love him for it, and for him to have some sort of sketchy past, and then they could have had her leave with it. Like I've yeah. got to figure this out. Well, but they didn't, and I'm sad. Yeah, it's, it was, it was. Uh, it, honestly, it this is going to sound like a really terrible thing to say, but it's par for the course when it comes to Alina. Alina had so much potential and they always fell short. I'm not saying that Laura
1: did, but I, I did Alina, like this episode. I, I like this, this season for her, I thought was very good. It was better. It, it, they they did better
0: with her, but it's like, all right, you found your stride. And I like- li- I really like when she was doing assassination
1: because she just fit perfectly.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, if anybody was going to go be a random assassin during their off time, it would be Alina <laughs> That would be
1: her, and it it worked very well. And I I like the way they took all of this, and I agree with you. That was one. I mean, the the Peter was definitely. Um, there was something odd about him and I am it's one of those abandoned storylines to me that or potential that was there, that there was always something a bit off, like the way that she took him to the post office and he just perked up about Raymond Reddington and Yeah,
0: that just and the fact that we'd already seen that story play out. I'm like, you've got too many parallels going on here. Yeah. I, I was really
1: expecting something interesting. With that. When he was, like, bound and beaten up. And and then you remember Tom bound and beaten up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole thing just had that. But let's talk about the arc. Because this this arc, I mean, and I, I don't particularly... It doesn't matter to me whether this was a retcon and Marvin was not supposed to be the big band back then or whatever. It doesn't matter to me because that's what they're presenting. And if it's a retcon, it means retroactive continuity. But the continuity part is there. So you have to take the story yeah. as it's presented. Absolutely. I mean, just be it's the same argument
0: I've made for years with people that hated Tom. They were like, people weren't supposed to get past season one. At what point? Because until it is aired, it's not canon. Mm-hmm. Until it hits the airwaves, it's yeah. not canon. Things change. I, yeah. <laughs> how many versions and- of a script do people see? Right. A lot. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and but so this one was really there. I mean, they they've been setting up this journey for the last couple seasons, at least. And so I, I wasn't against the journey of him killing Liz. I just no. needed it to make more sense. His motivations were all over the place for me. He was doing it for Red. He was doing it for himself. He was throwing a pissy fit in a bar after drinking with a buddy. It just, it was all over the place. And if it was that he couldn't really tell what his motivations were because he was too emotionally compromised, it did not
1: come across clearly. Hmm. Well, uh, to me, I, as you say, I, and you started talking about Marvin's motivations when we found out that it was him in the Callum Bank. Um. And I, I at that time, I was saying, you know, I think I'm okay with them, but then when we got to this one, I really wasn't. I, I thought that motivations stank. There is no salvage, them, Because, as you say, they're all over the place. Had it been because he loved Red and he thought that, hey, you know, he's just going to kill her, I get it. If you had been, well, you know what? That bitch had me tortured. And this idiot who believes whatever she says, it's instead of me who's telling it's not the first time it happens, then you would say, Okay. That I, right. I just I don't think we
0: had the emotional like it wasn't emotionally compelling. I think if they had wanted to make it emotionally compelling, they would have put this relationship that Marvin thought he had with Red, that Red didn't necessarily reciprocate. They would have put that at the center of it, in which Marvin found out that red was setting this up or he found out some, even if he didn't know red was the center of it he found out liz was going to try to kill red again whatever and that's why he took that step was to save red and i i think that would have been much more emotionally compelling that yeah. he did it for red and he was willing to hurt, like hurt Red's soul but it was to save his life and, and like that would have made it that would have made a whole lot more sense yes. to me. Because, than, because then the character has integrity. Yeah, because instead
1: of the petulant child that he turned he, out to be. You could have even make it as to being pissed because yeah. Liz had him tortured and, and, and Red fell for it. And at that point he felt Red is not making decisions that are well thought of. And if he never really knew what relationship Red had to Liz, then that even adds more. But it makes him a little bit of an idiot because yeah. how come that you don't find out exactly what's your situation? Especially because we're starting with, with the son having committed suicide. Well, I went back
0: um, after watching this episode. I went back and watched a little bit of the season three episode where we meet Marvin. And I did too. Mar- Marvin, at the time, when Red had him pulled from prison to help him get Liz out of the situation, as they were being tracked by the FBI, they were in the in the the pie shop, and Marvin made it very clear that Red was not his sole his sole um, client. And he didn't even necessarily want to be there. Like there, there was none of this extreme loyalty. You get the impression that this is built over the time. And yet Marvin in this episode was like, no, no, we, you know, I, I've built this with you. He said, I wasn't your servant, Raymond. I was your partner. We created an empire together. I may have been in the shadows, but it, it was my life's work too. You oh. had no right to be so reckless with it. But it yeah. wasn't his life's work because in season three, that's where the continuity comes in for me. Well, and, and, and it goes
1: further than that. Marvin Gerard, let me, I mean, because I, I went back and I looked at numbers because you know that I love my numbers.
0: Numbers don't lie.
1: Yeah, they don't. Marvin Gerard was introduced in that episode with his name which was the story was written by G.R. Orsi and Lucas Reiter. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has been written by Bokenkamp, Drath, Cerrone, Sean Hennen, Daniel Daniel Nauf, Brandon Sonier, Brandon Margolis, Peter Noah, Aya Samba, and four more writers. What okay. the hell? That is before we get to season nine. And up until season nine, Marvin Girard was totally consistent in in writing in character, in tone, in motivations. He was in jail and he, Mer, and, and Red sprung him and he wasn't very happy about it. Then he went on to like, okay, so you're the one he threw his thing at. We see him in, we see him again in, in uh, uh organizing the the heist with the director and in Sir Crispin Crandall when they're getting after the 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 after the the bank safe uh we saw him in the apothecary um we saw him how uh Kate threw him in jail and he refused to to um to uh give Red up. And they had that beautiful story with in jail, Marvin knows that Red is in some awful jail and sends him caviar, which is exactly the kind of thing that Red would have loved. And he's forgotten about that. How, you know, I he couldn't even believe how, how and how much it cost over continents and from jail to get that delivered to him that gave him hope um he's the one who refused to to turn red on who says you know i'm not doing it out of that i'm he i'm well compensated and he's my friend you're rewriting history yeah. by making him into into this guy who's using us so and, and you know he goes to jail we saw him again working in a toy store with his And he's working there because he can't get his license to practice law again. And Red gets him that license back because otherwise he wouldn't have helped. So there is a whole thing. And then he's there and she wants, um, Red wants to give Liz everything. But even from the very beginning, you have there the seed. He sees this going berserk in the diner. That's how she he met her. Pointing a gun at Red and looking totally out of control. Beating a guy almost to death. So you have this. And then over time you see Red going softer and softer. He tried to kill her. He aligns himself with a mother. He doesn't. And none of that. All of this is very consistent. You have the perfect motivation in the character. He loves Red. He doesn't like Liz. Liz, from the very beginning, is a loose cannon that was perfectly well done. Why do you need to now change his character to somebody who's always been there from the beginning? It was melodramatic. It was underwhelming and it was much less powerful that the character they had been built from the beginning by the same writer who wrote the character in the way the character is presented and then cheaping it by making rewriting the whole story and having him be an insider or whatever it just drives me crazy because there is no real need. The character was already there, fleshed out, and ready to go with the right motivations. So I don't know why it needed to be done. And and as a as, as somebody who follows it, a super fan, these kind of things, I notice them, but I know that everybody else does. You know, maybe less articulate but I was going to say they they may not be able to tell why they walked
0: away going eh but they walked away going eh yeah because when people walk out of a movie or out of a TV show at the end of a season and again it goes back to this was our season finale this was <laughs> it's not just our season finale it, and i i've had a lot of issues with the way they killed liz Because at the time I said, you know, there was this man who really had no point that shot her down the street. It was. It was such a slap to me, the way they killed her, like at least Tom, as much as I complained they killed Tom, at least he went out with with a bang like he was saving his family. He saved their lives and he was doing what meant the most to him to protect the people he loved. Liz had a gun on red. And might or might not- even, He didn't even look like she wanted to do it. So why no. was she there? And, and she got shot by the no name, Van Dyke. I finally figured out what his name is. But, and so I but, feel and, like and on they, top of that, on top of that, in the end of season eight- The motivation the crack, for
1: this soft And it, that is just
0: insult upon injury. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's putting salt in the wound here. Not only was it terrible the way she died and pointless the way she died, but they killed another good character's motivation to to put a square peg in a round hole to try to make it fit when they could have made it fit mm-hmm. like they could yeah. have. And, and that's what's so yeah. frustrating.
1: Yeah. And and there were so other many ways to have taken Liz out of the story once you read that letter. Uh, she could have just faked her death. She could have just gone away with Agnes to, to places unknown. The story could have continued. Yeah. They could have even, you know, I, they didn't even need to have Agnes in this part of the story because she could have just been somewhere and then brought back when needed. And then that, that jarring change of age would not have been noticeable. Yeah. Because if you go like in an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, the differences are far more less noticeable than between a seven-year-old and, and an 11-year-old. That just doesn't track too well. And, and that brings me to, to, I mean, I like the arc of Red finding out what happened. And that is very true to the character we've known. He will take something and he will find that little piece and continue unraveling. I don't know that, but I didn't, I didn't, I mean, they could have introduced Cole because every lawyer, I mean, the way they presented Marvin, I mean, I just, I wanted to read this. Um, Graduated magna cum laude from Harvard, where at the tender age of 31, he was appointed the third youngest full professor in the institution history. He served as a prosecutor for three years, joined the father-in-law criminal attorney firm, uh, got this bard, and he serves as um, shadow counsels to some of the biggest players in the criminal underworld. And and I love the way they presented it because it was, again, that personal touch. Red gives you the, the backstory, why he ended up there. And he could have a friend like, like uh, LaCroix very well. I mean, the guy maybe was brilliant and he you know you always have this guy who have a you always have a friend who's on the shadier side and that might be the one he ended up being most friends with because he also ended up this bar with his whole thing so they have they have good motivations they have and they throw that the window to create this but that brings me to my biggest problem in the show And I know that you, you and I have talked and and discussed many things, the abandoned storylines. It's a graveyard of half-dead storylines in which precious minutes of each 43 segment were lost. Why would you have Liz hallucinate with Kate? It
0: made Does especially it especially,
1: especially when they
0: added the the drug dealer who had the lion in similar situations as Kate. I it just yep. they they set the path. And then they were like, Meh, we think we want to simplify
1: it into something that doesn't yeah. have any emotional impact at all. And and that was powerful because he had been set up for. Seasons of Liz having a hallucination history, the eye-to-eye movements you notice in season five, they're really hard to do. Have you tried in a mirror to do those side-to-side eye movements? No. They're very hard. I did. They're very <laughs> hard to do. So for, for an actress to do that upon direction, and then that gets abandoned, she was... Misremembering things like who Red said was a rumor and who Red said was lost to history. She was there was a very clear path which concluded with a humongous bang when Red asked, "says I can see her without even looking." Yeah, that that line didn't need to be there, and and, and yet it was. It said everything to for Liz to have a hallucination, and then she kept. She goes and hear this story that is presented by these ghostly narrators with people that did not react to them and then disappear after they been shot. And no, they were in shot all over. They were in shot. Some of them in the center aisle. Then we see Townsend arrive and we see the guards, the one that actually reacted to Red and listened them entering, dead. But none of the weird people. Everything had the hallmark of a hallucination that made no sense, contradicted nine years of canon, made ridiculous things. Like if Katerina and Red were actually meeting in the Tacoma Park house for over five years and nobody noticed that, that has to tell me something. Why would Red, if he's not Reddington, be watching home movies of Jennifer? And crying and remembering her. It doesn't make any sense. You, you're you putting all of this, you're taking precious story times out of all these things. and Then abandoned for what? If you tell me they're abandoned because they're like some great story coming, I'll get it. But they're not. Marvin Motivation was blah. N- it left to, Liz's death felt that it had no purpose. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It, and, again, salt in the wound. Yeah,
1: and, and it made no sense because you could have taken the actress out by having her fake her death. And then you could have bring a different actress or bring her back at the end. Yeah. And it would have meant something. Instead, they have this... Even even that flashback to Cooper, to me, felt like empty. Because- well, I mean, the, part of that was that they, as much as I loved seeing
0: Liz and Tom in the in the photo, we've never seen that horse. It doesn't have anything to do with anything that's been cemented. It was entirely new, and yet we're supposed to just accept it. I, we're nine seasons in. You have enough to work with. You can have a callback. Yeah. You don't have to have this random whittled horse that nobody's ever seen. When did they whittle this? Yeah. While they were on the run, when she was leaving her with Mrs. French longer than she was actually staying with her, yeah. when did they whittle this thing? And when did and when she's given no real sign of being? I mean, Tom was the one with the the music obsession that we could see. You know, mm-hmm. I like I could see Tom having musical, you know, uh, you know, callbacks to things like mm-hmm. that. But I mean we never really saw Liz with a lot of love for music. So why suddenly is she giving the Rolling Stones reference? I, it just, it didn't track. No. And it felt very like, all right, well, we need something. Okay, fine. We have something. I, I understand you wanted to play the Rolling Stones at this point, but it, it it was just, it was, again, a square peg, round hole, trying to fit this in here to fit with the music, which is not, something they would never had to do before. They've had... Utterly fantastic music, this entire show. But they've never had to, you know, to draw attention to to it. Yeah, well, and that, and to kill the uh, kill a storyline to to make it fit. Now, it's something that she should have had. If you want to call back to it, is something exactly the washer, like something like that that we have an emotional attachment to it the box
1: yes oh the box would are phenomenal the box the box with the ring in it that she put all the stuff that she had for her parents in there yes things that 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 bring back an emotional reaction instead of this round this square peg (laughs) that we're gonna just hammer in until it fits or it gets destroyed in the process but it's going in well, I mean, I think it just splintered everywhere. Yeah,
0: and so, exactly. And
1: you're like picking up the splinters
0: of your face and your I, soul. I I don't mind the horse. I I like the Rolling Stones. It's always nice to hear them, but <laughs> it's not at the not at the cost of our storyline. Not at no. the cost of our character development. It's no. like I'm literally here for the character
1: development. Come on, guys. <laughs> Help me out here. Well, and I'm here for the plot and, <laughs> exactly. and the mythology and what we got. None of it. You no. didn't get myth- You didn't get character development. I didn't get any mythology because the mythology has been spinning in place ever since, 815. since I eight fifteen, since eight seventeen. When else? Well, because but by now they already told us. They told us exactly. Where we are, Liz is Red's daughter. That's what Townsend told Liz and Red. You know, like you have to be here because I'm going to give you, I'm going to show you that thing. Uh, and then Red told Cooper that what that what Townsend was doing. So this should be known to everybody, and yet we're doing it like this thing like it's a big deal. We're the grave. Oh yeah, they laugh all the same. This funny family. I'm sorry, you already told me this before. I don't have a memory issue like Liz. Um, I remember things said perfectly well. Yeah, it just I. It was
0: just disappointing for a Very season finale,
1: and and either that, and there was no real reason to have. They could have arrived at Liz. Uh, read, knowing that Liz read the letter by any other means. They didn't really need to introduce Agnes there. Um, you know, when you look back at it, once that, that Cooper told the story about, about Katerina Rostova and Raymond Reddington, they can't show her back because at that moment, the next question that anybody would have is, excuse me, are you my grandfather? Uh, and they can't have that. So, again, spinning in place. It's it's just... It's those frustrating. Great, yeah, those great storylines that they had. I mean, they set up Blonde Cat and, you know, to the point where Dembe and Red and herself called herself Katerina Rostova. And then in a call, they told me, oh, no, she was Tatiana, and that thing stands. It... I get it if it was a hallucination and that eventually will come up, but it seems like we're just going to be spinning in this pot forever. And yeah. and up until the series finale, which by then, I may not even be watching. People may not even be watching. They, everybody's exhausted by this. It, yeah, that's, again, a good way to put
0: it, exhaustion. <laughs> I I I don't really have anything else. Um, it's I, just, I do have it's one thing, okay,
1: uh, which is one of the things that had been my pet peeve because this episode, in in this arc, you having this contradiction again. Um, what is Red really doing in Nakala Supposedly, all of that did to save the brat. In when we got to to the scene where after, when Dembe and Red are in, when Dembe and Marvin are on the plane, Mar, Red, Marvin says, "Red's life work was this, um, not this." Yet we have Marvin says that, which is a great way. Um, I thought that was a, I thought was our vision, a life of crime with a common purpose to help keep the world from slipping into the kind of evil we know humans are capable of. Maybe that's what Marvin interpreted. That's point of view. But, Red told us. Uh, I know you want to believe that our work is done, but it's not. The addition of a child will make that more difficult. Dembe tells Red, remember why you surrender yourself to the FBI in the same place. Remember what all of this was about. You can't give up now. You can't let Kate destroy everything that gives you purpose. Our work is not yet done. He tells his imam that the work that they do saved the lives of innocent. Red tells to the f- to to yeah, Ivan, you think I'm too close to Harold Cooper, too emotionally involved with the task force? You better look inside, deep inside yourself and find a way to accept it because that old friend is way beyond your purview. This is my end game and you will not interfere with it again. So it's not one character believing that that. It's Red and Dembe and everybody talking about Brett having a higher purpose just to keep Liz safe. He may be doing it to keep Liz safe, but there is a higher purpose in doing all this, which Nakalo basically took down and made them all into psychopaths. That honestly, if they really wanted to keep Liz safe, everybody blow their brains off in front of the Russian embassy and she would have been safe. And leave her with Sam, and that would be it. So, this, this whole taking one path to abandon it a few later, and then within the same episode, contradicting what the canon has been, it gets so disappointing and exhausting to me. And I love Red. I think, well, I think most people who watch this, thing love Red, but it just takes all of those relationships that you have put so much into the character and the building and having and losing that opportunity. For example, of telling Marvin, I, my emotions towards Liz were irrational because she's my daughter, which would have told us nothing new. We already knew that and would have made Marvin's suicide make sense.
0: Yeah, because it would, it would have to do with his realization that he took his friend's child away like that's honestly that's the only way especially since we met him understanding that his own child had committed suicide and how deeply that affected him like i thought it was kind of gross that marvin that red drove marvin to suicide he, he gave him very little choice He said, you know, I'm going to let you have time to put your uh, your affairs in order and end in the way that you see fit, essentially saying you do it or I will. And it's like that's that's really twisted when you get down to it and you look at Marvin's beginnings in the show. Like that's really freaking twisted and dark and not a way that you want to like I'm I'm all for anti-heroes. I love a good anti-hero. I love a good great character. I prefer them. But that's that's not saying good things about especially this far in. Like red is just getting worse and worse. And
1: having that little change would have made yeah a whole difference in there because especially if maria been doing it to save red then that ending would have made sense yeah exactly and that that would have made more
0: sense it would have been more impactful again adding that emotional touchstone to it yeah, which is something is that more they just
1: forgot in this. something you can handle a moment in which you're so overwhelmed because if you're going to present that that suicide which is something that is shouldn't be done lightly no, it shouldn't be done lightly. And it felt it, like it was done lightly. It, it should be done, you know, w- with care and 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 with a motivation and not in a, well, you know, because Marvin was like, yeah, I'm so smart and I'm brave. I have the courage. I want to do it. I don't want to do it. It just kept changing to what he was saying. And, and maybe that's Marvin, but having that powerful motivator was wasted yeah agreed and it just and maybe maybe you know red could have a, a great plan to get everything back to the status quo maybe even using marvin or whatever like you're gonna now your punishment is you're gonna now like work for me and make this right um to protect agnes or whatever and he could have been devastated. It, it Something that would bring this whole thing and not make it like, oh, I don't know, we change our minds and now it's going to be this.
0: Yeah. A- after everything, essentially using suicide is a cheap trick yeah. to end if, this.
1: I, it, either I'm going to make you suffer horribly or you kill yourself.
0: It, it Which, felt like a yes. cheap trick.
1: Yeah. Especially because if... We can come up with a much better motivation that was already there established for eight seasons. It seems like to change Marvin into this, to change his trajectory at Red, seems cheap and unnecessary. Yep. So
0: uh, we're about to go on hiatus, and it's going, we're coming back, I believe, in January. So it'll be a long hiatus. Uh, you can listen to us, as always, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. You can talk to us, um, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and test us over on Reddit.
1: And until January of next year. Until 2023. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Have a good summer. Bye-bye. Bye.